0: Two, 62, one. 49. No, it's
1: 69, 42. <laughs> now, you know, that was, you know that wasn't on the like ASVAB or anything for grunt level, right? You, you keep messing that up. You're not allowed.
0: All Dude. Right?
1: I got up to 20. That's all I have to count. I got 20 fingers and toes. We're good.
0: My ASVAB scores all were right. the best they
1: have seen so, in uh, the hey, center. I mean, but you're in Georgia. So they were just pleased you had teeth. Dude, that's my worst score was 150. Your and you're not inbred? And, again, I mean, in Georgia, the bar was pretty low. Dude, I'm in Atlanta, the capital of America. Are you, though? And how many of them are actually from Georgia or just moved there? No. But that's I... a whole other debate. Yeah. <laughs> So, if you're uh, defending Georgia in your integrity and honor after everything I just said, please send all hate mail to Seska at Blasters and Blades Again, Seska at Blasters and Blades <laughs> Speaking of the Blasters and Blades Podcast, <laughs> that's why you're here today. Hey, all you crazy sighs. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blaze podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies, a place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, space is the place, and pineapple does not belong on pizza. So without further, wait a minute, let's see if she cheated this one too. Michelle, how do you feel about pineapple on pizza?
2: It belongs on on pizza with bacon Ah. not ham with what did she say bacon
1: bacon yes. not ham see bacon, not ham.
0: i love this woman
1: i think doc i think you're plotting on me like the last time you're just
2: wrong i can neither confirm nor deny how We're much i got to. paid to say that
1: i will address this in the I will uh, I will address this in a post show and if you had enough to hire her to do that doc, I'm clearly paying you too much. <laughs> so uh, Michelle C. Myers, could you introduce yourself to our listening viewing audience? Sure. Uh, I, my I, name I'm is not now with a 10 foot pole. I've
2: been told that this needs to be a hundred words or less, so I'm gonna try and keep it brief. Um, my name is uh, Michelle C. Myers. Um, I have written Forget Nothing 1 and Forget Nothing 2 is about to be available in early 2022. Uh, Previously, I've written some uh, gun and gear reviews for the shooting tactical world and uh, have a little bit of background in uh, spent some time in the Marine Corps, active duty, and then I left the Marine Corps and I went to the Army. And, um, I've been there for a little bit, a uh, little bit of time and I've, I've been loving it. I've, I love my time in the Marine Corps and I'm loving my time in the army now too. So
1: Outstanding. You can't go wrong with the big green weenie. That's what they say.
0: Hey, That's right. Favorite, one yeah. of my favorite NCOs was an, N- I'd started in the Marines and went into the army. So
2: Yep. I have several, uh, soldiers right now that were in the Marine Corps and now they're, uh, in the army. So it
1: happens. So, uh, my mentor when I made sergeant was, uh, was a former Marine. He got, he got out of the Marine Corps Embassy maybe right when the war was in the You early messed phases, up cause... this
0: bad and you still had a mentor?
1: I mean, it was You're... worse before. I was actually intoxicated. I sobered up. Dear
0: God. I mean, there was a reason I was a corporal three times. Who knows what would have happened to you?
1: i'm telling you i was a corporal three times i'm the kind of i was the kind of junior enlisted person that she probably hated when she was a lieutenant she would go home at night like cursing people like me probably mm-hmm. or she just let the gunny handle it i don't know lieutenants are weird like that i let the gunny handle but, it anyway he, the smart one <laughs> i assumed that based <laughs> on your writing yes so they're. they're uh, so he thought he would be smart as the war was starting so he got off active duty marines as a light infantry on embassy duty and he's like, I'm going to go in the national guard. They never go anywhere. Three oh. days after he joined the unit, he got deployment orders. Three days. Oh no. It, he's like, if I'd have known I was going over there, I'd have gone with the Marines. I'm like, well, you're stuck with us. <laughs> so, but You uh, made the decision. Good for us, well, it was good for us because, you know, the guard at the time was sort of in transition to being more professional and Mm. so like a lot of the times they would finish training and they'd do the bare minimum and they'd go in but he took it a little more seriously on account of there was a war and people die in war so when everyone else was off for the day we were in our tents on the parade deck learning how to do all the things that i didn't think i'd ever need to know and some of it i didn't use but but yeah he he worked us to the bone but he's an awesome guy that's awesome he worked you to the
0: bone because he cared
1: that's what he told me every time he beat us. I mean, he encouraged us <laughs> with love. But uh, the, the <laughs> next just part kind of the of next part. Been... Although I will say, I've told this story before, so I won't belabor the point. But when we, uh, the Marines have this model, gear adrift is a gift. Mm-hmm. So we had our um, tow bars for our Humvees uh, tactically loaded. So they were hooked up and ratchet strapped in place. So in the middle of a firefight, if something happened, literally you're a a bar cut away and then you rock on. When we went on base, because we were transient, we never undid that. The Marines saw that as a challenge and they wanted our tow bars, so they took them. So we got even and we took the Marines' guide on because the guy was asleep oh. on guard duty. Uh, oh. Probably not the best thing for him and his gun to explain to his gunny or his captain because I met both of them. So we liberated their, um, their guide on and we had a trade. And he was <laughs> down. Like he totally went on this ops with us against the Marines. I-, I thought for sure he'd sit this one out. We wouldn't even mind minded, like it would have been. Would have been down with it, but he's like, nope. We're one of you now, so so we stole that guide on. I mean, we liberated that guide on together. That's
2: fantastic. I will have
1: you know they did get it back in one piece, mostly. Good. That's eventually. So anyway, the next eventually. Well, we got our stuff back first. um, So um, although when we did get in a fight with the Marines at Alaconda, he sat that one out. He just watched and called us a bunch of idiots. So I mean, (laughs) mean, it's only so far. He was right. Well, we'll talk about that one offline because it gets not very politically correct, and we try to we try to skirt the waves of the the, the social wars that are going on because we don't care about either side. We just want to nerd out over good books. So, my speaking of nerding out, we get them to them tell better. you yeah, that's not a bad rule. Um, <laughs> but so we like to tell you, dear listener, how we first found this guest. So I actually found Michelle through Jason Onspock uh, and Nick Cole, who hired her to write in the Galaxy's Edge universe. Um, And then, as we, um, as for how we got her on the show, well, she did threaten to kill me and and rip my blue cord in half, and I couldn't have that happen. So we said yes. So, but I'm sure she was going to kill us with love and kindness. Mm
2: -hmm. Because that's what Marines are known for love and kindness. Love and kindness, yes.
1: (laughs) We actually, we actually escorted uh, one of the Marine tankers. I don't think they have tanks. JR, JR, on topic. No, they actually had tanks that named their tank Marine named as tank kindness and the other one love The, the <laughs> tankers like to write on the barrel of the tank, like a name for the vehicle. Mm. And Seriously. They named it love and kindness for the two that we escorted, which Kill i them was, killing, was, killing was right. with kindness.
0: So the ADHD is That's apparently right. very strong tonight.
1: I mean, I am on my fourth cup of coffee, but oh. you know, anyway. All right, doc, did you, did you meet her before I roped you into this podcast? I mean, were you in the no, secret But I was familiar with her
0: because I do own this audiobook.
1: Yay! It's an excellent audiobook. She did it well. It is an
0: excellent audiobook.
1: She hit it out of the park for her first for her debut novel. But before we decide whether she gets to stay, you do have to ask her the religion questions.
0: I know. She gets to stay because uh, she's way too badass for you to get rid of her. Uh, so, <laughs> pick one. Aliens, Terminator, or Serenity?
2: When you say Serenity, do you mean you're talking Firefly, right?
0: I am talking Firefly. Okay,
2: I good. I just needed to make sure there wasn't some one-off Serenity. Oh no, that no, no, no! no. We very
0: much, while we love Firefly, we very much specifically picked mm. Serenity. Interesting, because of Summer Galoo's characters, develop- character development. In it, oh, River well. is legendary.
2: Absolutely. I am 100% a brown coat believer and uh, uh, I'm unashamed. So uh,
0: I totally agree. It's They are a wonderful group of people. And um, I think Disney is uh, going to be very interesting to see how that goes.
1: <laughs> I, we'll I do not. I'm have... trying not to cringe. You uh, know what?
0: They did a pretty decent job with Mandalorian. What? So. I won't like.
1: This is true, but I will say, for for hmm. men of a certain age, though, I will say Ellen Ripley from Aliens.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, it's that's that's top shelf right there.
0: I wouldn't know. I was never a man of a certain sur- certain age. Um.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you did, that would be a different podcast where we talk about that.
0: So, next we have the fantasy questions: Xena Warrior Princess, Legend of the Seeker. Sort of the the sword of truth, or the Potterverse.
2: Uh, no one can beat Lucy Lawless. There's just no question about that. Thank you. And, oh, and no. yeah, she's amazing. amazing. Yeah, she's amazing.
1: Gabriel was pretty awesome you know. too, though. I liked her character arc. Mm. That was a, That ah. was the most excellent.
0: Gabriel have would to catch be up very up. badass if you didn't have Lucy Lawless standing next to her.
1: Touche. That's yeah. True. Well, she had she had to grow into it, but but she's an example no, no, that you no. can write a, it, a strong a female character without them being a Mary Sue. Right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <Ray. clears throat> beautiful sorry. character,
0: and it's like you know that person you know when you're standing there and you're like I got a ninety-eight and the other person got a hundred. You're like fuck you. <laughs> That's
1: the difference. Yeah. Touché. Absolutely. But okay. So I just want to know how they did all those stunts.
0: They did them by being more physically fit than you. Um so here we do both sci-fi and fantasy, obviously, but which was your first love, sci-fi or fantasy?
2: Oh, so I'm gonna have to go with I was introduced to fantasy first, and I was introduced in kind of an odd way. So I used to listen to The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, like, audio production on Saturday mornings on the radio, which is kind of weird. So I was introduced to fantasy first through that, but I was very, very quickly got into sci-fi through, I was a big history nerd, which led to, like, history fiction, which led to military fiction, which led to sci-fi. So that was, like, right right after that. So it was almost concurrent. I can get
1: that. So, did you read any? Did you read any alternative history then, like Harry Dove series?
2: I didn't read that. No. Um, I can't remember which series that I actually read. Um, but they were mostly like historical fiction. Like, they there were, they were, novels about people who didn't exist in in historical happenings that did happen. So, I learned a lot of history that way, which was kind of cool. cool. Yeah.
1: All right. Doc, hey. save me from going all history nerd. Cause uh, <laughs> I,
0: know, I was waiting to see if he fell for it. <laughs> okay. So what would be your first memory of engaging in it? Was it Narnia or yes.
2: was there something else before that? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely Narnia uh, was CS Lewis. So yeah. Uh. Well, C.S.
0: Lewis was an amazing author, so we mm-hmm. got started with good stuff there. Yeah. Um, now, what is it that you love about speculative fiction?
2: Oh man, that's a great that's a great question. Um, my favorite part of this genre is really the reality of it, because the human condition, psychology, reality, sociology those common human themes, they're all the same no matter where where you go in this genre, whether it be sci-fi or whether it be fantasy. Because ultimately, you're telling a story about people and how they interact with each other and how they interact with their environment. And those things are very, they're fascinating to me. So being able to see those types of themes in a world that doesn't exist outside of our minds or outside of the the words on the page i think it's it's a phenomenal way to tell a story and to tell you know what's actually happening in our current world
1: and you know you did it right when you see on the the reviews where someone says something to the effect of that could have been me i was at you know xyz situation and other than the location and the tech that was like that was me Mm -hmm. that's how you know the story nailed it out of the Mm -hmm. park so uh, yeah. I think that's what you can do and you can get that yeah. level of detachment when it's speculative fiction because it isn't modern world with all the baggage that comes with, you know, loaded yeah. historical situations. So, all yeah. right. Um So yeah, I don't how don't want to read of speculative fiction. No. What don't you want to read a story about?
0: Nothing. I was having an ADHD moment. Go. <laughs>
1: okay so how did your love of speculative fiction as a genre transition into you writing stories in that space
2: hmm so i used to i used to do some writing as as a kid um and as a kid i would do like like i said like some of the historical military type um fiction like i wrote some screenplays that some of my friends like got together and made movies out over which was a lot of fun. But I kind of dropped that off uh, later once I got into uh, into high school. But really how I got into writing for Galaxy's Edge and writing Forget Nothing was... Um, I have worked in... Well, I've trained with uh, Doc John Spears, who writes the Dark Operator series connected to the, the Galaxy's Edge series. Um, and when it was time for... Jason, Spock and Nick Cole, the founders of the Galaxy's Edge uh, series, uh, to kind of write Andy and Broxton's backstory, who was already a character in the main series. Um, I guess uh, Doc Spears was like, uh, here's who you need to talk to. She's in the military, so you should talk to her. <laughs> uh, and kind of get, um, get her perspective. So, So Jason emailed me And kind of asked me some of my experiences in the military, and and what those look like, and maybe what Andine's experiences might have been in the the military, in the Republic Marines, in the Galaxy's Edge series. Um, And I wrote a fairly long email back, uh, (laughs) which was replied to in like one sentence. And it was, would you like to just co-write with us? And uh, that's how that began. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> way of doing it. Yeah.
0: No, I, I I've thought that Jason was smart for a while. Now I know. <laughs>
1: He's well, very Well, what made smart. you think he wasn't? Or is it just because he hired me? Was it just because he hired me?
0: No, it's because I've been disappointed by enough males that I wonder if they're actually smart or if I just think they're smart.
1: <laughs> oh, it's back to the doc Sesca's uh, therapy hour. Don't no, no, we're not. It's, the just
0: fact. it's just that any woman <laughs> will agree with this.
1: <laughs> uh, well, not being a woman, I will just smile, nod, and we will move on smartly. So many authors let their own real-life experiences influence the stories they tell. So were there any specific formidable moments that shaped you as a storyteller? You know, I, I can't say that there's specific
2: moments that shaped how I tell stories um I really think they're they've been cumulative over time um I was a huge reader as a kid uh, and I believe that being having read so many books I I picked up some of the patterns on how you know books are formed and how to you know how to tell a story in a in a way that's engaging so I think that that really um, kind of drove, a little bit of of the ability to to tell a story but really I think the the most formidable um, experiences that that's shaped me as a storyteller has been within the military and that that has come a lot from the Marine Corps and it's fed directly into kind of Andine's story where she's gotten the opportunity to to try to be a part of the elite, uh, legion, which is up to this point has been a male only organization. And I was in the Marine Corps at the time that, uh, the combat ban was being lifted and there was a lot of tests and a lot of trials and a lot of, a lot of that stuff going on. Um, so seeing that a little bit firsthand, seeing the experiences of those around me, I think those, uh, really, really drove a lot of, how I've told and Dean's story specifically.
1: Okay. So speaking of the military, um, your bio mentioned and you talked about it briefly that you served in both the U S Marine Corps and the U S army as an officer. So we asked mm-hmm. all of our, um, uh, authors that we interview who were also veterans, how do you think your time in uniform affects the stories you tell?
2: Oh, it's, I, I think it's saturated with it, honestly. Um, and, I would be very interested in the future to to do a a different type of story and kind of see how that that flushes out a little bit too. But I think especially because because forget nothing is a military sci-fi, it's it's very heavily influenced by my time in in uniform and how it's affected uh, the the storyline for for Andine. Yeah.
1: So. So I'll ask you this because I'm curious. So when I wrote my first book, I sent it to my publisher, um, Tim Taylor, and there was a scene in there that I've talked about where he sent back the edit. This isn't believable. Nobody will believe it really happened. You need to take this out and tweak it this way. <laughs> but that scene actually happened to me. So have you ever had that happen where you like, you get to the stuff and like, I know it's happening because it happened to me, but nobody will ever believe this. So I'm
2: very fortunate that I have uh, Jason who, reviews everything that I write. <laughs> so it <laughs> <laughs> he is phenomenal. And the fur you know, Forget Nothing one that came out last year, um, he had a very, very heavy hand in in the in the writing of that one. Um I had a lot more free reign on Forget Nothing Two, which is coming out uh later um at the beginning of twenty two. Um, but when I kind of, when I sent him the, my kind of my final product, most, most of it is still, I mean, it's still all in there and, you know, he's added some of his professional polishing, which was phenomenal to see. And, uh, yeah, there really wasn't any of, any of that really. Um, which I was fortunate, like nothing was like, oh, that's ridiculous. So that was good. (laughs)
1: So so did he kill off any of your favorite characters in your story because he certainly did in mine
2: did he really oh no um no uh I have I killed off some characters myself, so <laughs> not any not any so, I mean I certainly
1: go ahead uh, go ahead not any say, I characters off I don't them think. Too, but I had... So, so, he didn't kill any of yours. It's the it's a lag. It's okay. We'll, we'll get through yeah. it. But, That's all right. Uh, one of my favorite secondary characters he killed because he's like, we need to make it them bleed a little bit more, JR. No, I this guy. But, you know, oh, I no. always thought Wait, it was a very nervous More? Yes.
0: Because that was pretty much an arterial wound after an arterial wound.
1: I know, but he mm. wanted it to. Dive the, dig the knife in just a little bit deeper, and then twist it, because mm. I, I thought it was Nick. I thought he was the evil one who killed all the characters. You like, but nope, it was Jason. It's Jason. But it's Jason. Anyway, it's Jason. It was. No, Jason. Nick,
0: Nick's busy drinking awesome? and driving, not together.
1: Yes, <laughs> and not alcohol because he's he's on the sober train, but. Um, and then, and then, okay, I have to ask because it's a personal experience for me too. But did you get the disappointed dad look from from Jason if you were like a little bit behind, or is that just me?
2: Oh man, I I got some disappointed silence because <laughs> I was behind.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was behind the, the... It's become a meme. Yeah, it's oh yeah. A meme in the I dad wouldn't family. know. His disappointed dad face.
0: Jason yeah. always smiles whenever he no. sees uh, or talks to me.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, you don't have any deadlines that you missed
2: No So anyway, we like talked about night. We talked about Forget Nothing And writing the outline In Oh man Like 2018 And 2018 is when I got off of active duty So I got off of active duty In May of 2018 I didn't start like a full time job Until like 6 months later And six months later, almost the same month that I started working, Jason emails me and is like, here's the outline. You can start writing now. And I'm like, oh, no, I had six months of doing nothing. I could have been writing if I had this. So after that, it took like three years. So here we are.
1: (laughs) You'll show him. Yeah. (laughs) So back to your experience in the, in the military. So when you write, do you draw on people that you knew personally when you were in?
2: Oh yes. Um, I have several characters that are their personalities and some of their stories are based off of specific people. Um, they don't always bear that same person's name. Um, and I have some people that have a name that I want to commemorate and not, aren't necessarily, um, you know, reflect the personality, but then there's there's some, and these are my favorite characters. I think that are kind of conglomerates of multiple people that I've served with rolled rolled into one. And there's there's several examples of that in uh, Forget Nothing Two, and at least at least a couple in Forget Nothing One that are uh, some of my favorites.
1: I like when you write your marine or your military characters that you don't pull any punches, and nobody's like too much of the scumbag, like people that have an agenda or people that serve to try to glamorize, like you picked a happy mm. medium.
2: Oh, wait till forget uh, nothing that, too. That's,
1: that's always a. Uh, I I'm an audio person. So while I do have the insider copy that's, that's done because it is finished dear your listener. Uh, it's yep. just going through the um, post-production. I, I, I listen. because I like to have my stories read to me like kindergarten hour. I'm, I'm a yep. drunk, I'm saying. Yep. Um So I'm waiting for the audio book. So yeah. Last- we you've talked about how your time in, in the military affects the way you tell stories. But has it changed how you engage in content as a consumer, so a reader, watcher of movies, player of games?
2: Oh, yes. Um, I have, since being in the military, I, I remember specifically when I was in uh, the Pacific uh, area with the Marine Corps, I had a lot of time to read when I was on a ship. And um, I put a book down. Like, I stopped a book that just had a completely terrible explanation of, like, guns and gear. And I was like, this is a decent story, but I just can't deal with your terrible explanation. Like, this is such a turnoff. So I had to put it down. (laughs) It was bad.
1: Yeah. I've listened to Doc rant about that with some of her her friends... (laughs) write uh, fantasy. She's like, no, that's, yeah. that's not the military at all. I don't know what you were doing, but I was just a phone call away. You could have called me. <laughs> there are no
0: warrant officers oh, yeah, I, I, enlisted in the 68 series.
1: She, she's really passionate about the whole medic thing. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why. I don't know. It's, it's a mystery. An enigma and a mystery.
2: As Doc right, should be. You get
1: to ask your favorite question. <laughs> That's one thing I, uh, you know, I learned uh, before I went in. is never piss off the people that pay you, the people that fix you when you're broken,
0: mm. or the people Smart. who feed you.
1: So you should add the I people mean, who feed you they, to they, that list. Have, have you been to an army defac? I mean, come on. I don't <laughs> know. I think the MREs might have been better. They are. You
0: know what? I had some friends who worked in the army defac, and I always got the best food when I went there, of what they had. Mm.
1: Because they were your friends. Because but I was there medic. Likes the we, we, we're loud and noisy and we leave messes. So. I
0: adore All right,
1: Fandom question.
0: Anyways, transitioning to the fandom side of things. Have you had any cool fan art or uh, cosplay of a character yet?
2: Only... No. Not by anyone that's a fan that's not me. <laughs>
0: so wait. A fan that's not you? Did you do your own fan art?
2: So... Yes, I guess. I guess the real answer is yes. Um, when I was writing "Forget Nothing One," um, I did some. I did some drawing to kind of. I don't know if it was to distract me from writing, or if it was to prepare me for writing. That, we'll go with prepare because that sounds better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I did. I did a little uh, fan art sketch. Um, I really like it. I mean. I'll have to find it.
0: You should keep it. And if you have a newsletter, this is where you JR would plug to say, put it in your newsletter so people can see it.
2: Mm, maybe I'll put it up on my Facebook someday. On the, on the Michelle C. Myers Facebook. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. So have you spotted someone reading one of your books out in the wild? I haven't spotted someone reading a book out in the wild. But... I was in a in a course for work that I sat down next to a guy um and I was, it was assigned seating so it was completely random and throughout the the course like maybe a week or two in he he said the words KTF which we all know is a galaxy's edge uh buzzword and he said KTF and I looked at him I said what did you say and he said I said uh uh, I said KTF, <laughs> and it, I said, "Oh, where is that from?" <laughs> and he said, "Oh, that was my, you know, that was my unit motto." He was in the Marine Corps as well, um, and I was like, "Oh, really? Where did your unit get it from?" And he's like, "Oh, I introduced it." I was like, "Yes, yes. Where did you get it from?" And he's like, "Oh, I read this series called Galaxy's Edge," and I oh, was yeah, like, no, yeah. "Oh, okay." Well, cool story. So later on, uh, I told him, and this was right in the middle of when I was uh, working really heavily on Forget Nothing One. Uh, so later, I told him I was like, "Hey, by the way, you'll see my book out later for Galaxy's Edge." It was it was really neat. That uh, did he have a meltdown? He did actually. He he loved it. He was like, "This is so cool. This is so freaking cool." It was pretty funny. Yeah, no, it's
0: you as a person who has. Had to blend in with mundanes. You can always tell the person, uh, uh, because uh, they're like, I'm not gonna own it, I'm not gonna own it. Damn it, stop asking me. Fine, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's always funny to watch those. And that's like right when I hear those, I'm like, I'm just gonna go after it, find out, like, admit mm-hmm. that you're a geek. Okay,
2: yep. it's okay to be
1: a nerd, did he guys. Believe you? It's a real question.
2: He did, yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, it was a longer course, so like we were there, we were there for a couple months. So we put, we built a, a pretty decent working relationship. So he, he believed me by by the end of it. So <laughs> that's <laughs>
0: awesome, though. Yeah, I never, I never came. I came up with platoon mottos, but never anything as mature as KTF. I love KTF. Um, I
2: well,
1: I don't know yeah. that we ever had any cool platoon mottos.
0: Ours norm, all the ones I came up with normally involved booze or um, adult relations.
1: Most of the unit models I had were like had been around since like Christ was a corporal, so we couldn't really change them. Yeah, we just perverted them off the books. But anyway, we don't want to talk about that because it's a family-friendly show. So Doc, get us back on track already.
0: Okay, so can you give us the highlight uh, reel of everything Michelle C. Myers? Everything, Michelle C. Myers, what you've written? What all? Have oh, you written. Oh wait, no, sorry, we forgot to we skipped a question because I. What is the weirdest or
2: funniest fan interaction? It had. It would have to be the KTF interaction for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that guy kind of took the cake. Yeah. That's going to be hard to beat for a while. Yeah, definitely hard to beat, especially since, like, it's very, like I said, I write under a pen name. So, if someone randomly knows who I am, I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird. What did I do wrong?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, Michelle, give us your highlight reel of what you've written.
2: Okay, so, Forget Nothing 1 um i think i think my highlight reel is so short i'll take the time to pause here and do a little celebration uh with uh jason on spock and let everyone know that forget nothing one was on the associated press bestsellers list for like three weeks which was pretty cool so that was pretty fun
1: um freaking standing
2: yeah yeah it was pretty neat um and then Forget Nothing 2 is about to be published in uh in audio format first which is part of the contract with Amazon and then it will then be published in uh ebook format and then I've written most of the foundations for Forget Nothing 3 and once Forget Nothing 3 is complete those will be compacted into one book so not like Lord of the Rings cuz I can't compare anything that I do to Lord of the Rings, but it will be 3 books.
0: Well, I mean um, it is legion, so there might be enough walking to qualify.
2: That that is true. There's a lot of walking. Um but yeah, that'll that'll be pretty exciting once we we get to uh forget nothing 3 and it comes out in one big So
0: are you going cover.
2: to name the
0: omnibus or the uh book 3 Forget Me Not? <laughs>
2: That's a good question. I think we're gonna leave that for uh, for Jason next time I talk to Jason.
0: (laughs) I can totally. I don't mind telling Jason that's that's what he should totally name it. He would probably just laugh at me and go, "Okay."
1: Twenty years have passed since the Ixa almost wiped humanity from the face of the galaxy. Now they have returned with a prophecy of doom, and the prophecy is already coming true. Start the series readers are calling an action-packed military thrill ride.
0: Download *Super Carrier* today. Book one in the Ixen
1: Prophecies trilogy. Available from Amazon and Audible. I love it. So while the list is long and impressive of uh, Forget Nothing and Forget Nothing 2, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Forget Nothing today. I know you're shocked. People, <laughs> hold your beer. It's going to be okay. But so, where did you get the premise for the way you told the story? Was it psychedelics, Ouija board, expired crayons?
2: Too many Mm -hmm. Mm
1: of them. I like
2: the crayon reference. I think it was an overdose on expired crayons, uh, to be honest. Washed down with a little uh, bit of glue.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, when did that whole crown thing start? Because that wasn't in when I was in. We made fun of Marines. We just called them Jarheads or Gyrenes. But we never had the crown reference. I don't remember.
2: Mm, you missed uh, Marians. That's what my army compatriots used to call me as the sole Marine in an army course. Uh, Marians. That was my favorite. Um, but to answer I your question. I, I know. I think it was made up. I think they made it up. Um, crayons. The crayon reference. I don't know where it originated. There's a lot of folklore about, um, like Halloween and a sorority house and the girls were dressed up as crayons, but I kind of don't believe that. Um, <laughs> I'm
0: not sure the Marines would be able to figure I, out the lettering.
2: Right. Exactly. that well, That's on the a one pretty, hand, I have
1: seen the pictures. I, I have seen the pictures and there were females dressed as crowns. I just don't think it had any relation to the Marines i agree i really what? do agree with you on that one um
2: yeah so i don't know where the actual uh origin began it might have been a uh it could have been a meme at this <laughs> point
0: um it's definitely been a meme since
2: oh yeah it has but as for the origin you know as they say it's lost to to history and the internet
1: so I remember – so in the Army Infantry, we make fun of the Cav Scouts all the time. like Oh, all the time. Like you beat them like a redheaded stepchild. And so I remember a picture of well, a tank that rolled it. over into a ditch in Iraq mm-hmm. in 05. They absolutely had it coming. Uh, and, they, and they always like to tell everyone they're basically infantry but don't even get mm-hmm. started. Um, oh, but, you yeah. know, as a basic leg like, grunt with all the spicy boys and the ranger bad boys, like I have to have someone to pick on. So, you yeah. know, for them, I'm at the bottom of the heap. Yeah. So for me, I got to, like, kick the, the Cav Scouts. But there's yeah. a picture of a tank upside down. And it says, you remember those kids that ate glue and crowns in elementary school? They're driving these tanks now. And that was the <laughs> joke. And so to see that suddenly sort of transferred over to the Marines, that's why I wasn't sure. Yeah, so, that's that's All right, but that's that's an interesting origin story. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, well, well, one day we'll, we'll settle it. Dear listener, I'll tell you what, when we post this, if you know where the crown reference started, mm. you should let us know in the comment section. Email us. Do all the things. You know how to reach us. We tell you at the end of every show. So you should tell us if you know where it started. Um But before we, we dig in, by can then. you tell us where that? G- <laughs> it's possible. Now you've been looking because because Michelle C. Myers, in addition to her work, is the uh, is an army officer right now. She's also one of the Spice Girls, Spicy Girls. That's what Nick calls them. Uh, no. our co-host Nick Garbus. it's anybody that works with the, the the special peoples he calls them spicy boys and girls so because of that she can't show her face because then she'd have to kill you and we don't want so you if to you die, have a problem with it go we'll talk things. to him. Right. So it's all Nick's fault basically it's Nick Garbers' fault. You can send him the hate mail but um where did the art that you're looking at that we're all looking at on the screen, where did that uh, that art originate? Did you have any say in it or did Jason just like here's the cover?
2: I did have a say in it. Before I get into that, I will uh, say that uh, the spicy girl side of things that I work on is the law enforcement side of things, so that I'm not uh, stealing stolen valor from uh, the super spicy people. Um, But let's talk about this artwork, because this artwork, I love this artwork. Um, So Forget Nothing 2 has the original artwork that was proposed initially. Um, and I won't spoil that cause you, you will, you will see it eventually, or you will have already seen it, uh, potentially in some of the fan groups. Um, but this one specifically, I actually got to work a little bit with Jason and the artist a little bit with, um, and Jason came up with the original concept and I had some, a little bit of tweaks. So we didn't have, uh, the smoke initially. That was, I think that was my idea with the smoke. And I I thought it tied very well into the the second book cover because the second book cover has a has a yellow uh, theme to it, so I really wanted to add the yellow smoke there, and uh, kind of tie that into the uh, into both uh, titles. But yeah, I uh, I really like this uh, this cover, and especially I like her gear too because it's very marine like. It kind of has that uh, Legion um, Sidon type vibe, which is very much akin to the Marines not getting the newest gear. So obviously this gear is a little bit uh,
1: older. (laughs) So I I know like when I was writing, so I wrote some of the the space Marine, the Imperial, when they Imperial Marines, the Hull busters in my my books with, with the galaxy's edge as well. And that's one of the things Jason hit home on is they have to have the The low crappy gear that doesn't look like it should be in space, like the colonial Marines vibe, was what what to go for. And I think this sort of perfectly encapsulates that. Um, Let me see if I can zoom in. Uh, And if you can see the drop down, while the Marines have the full, uh, excuse me, the Legion has the full HUD, they just get a little one eyepiece in there. Hope they don't puke their guts out because they're dizzy looking at it. Exactly. So, I I will say that uh, I'm impressed that you got way more of a say on the cover than I did for mine, because when I asked about the cover, he's like, first off, why aren't you standing at attention when you're typing to me, and second off, you'll get what you'll get, and you'll like it, so, I mean,
0: maybe Doc Spears scared him,
1: <laughs> uh, one of these days, people are going to ask why I'm not seeing a therapist the way you talk about me, Doc, but anyway, I, I do really <laughs> Who said like you weren't? Touché, but this is not the J.R. Hanley Therapy Hour either. They don't come for that. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. You tell us, dear listener. But I really do like that art. Uh, And then the other one is they didn't use it, but I happen to have it. So let me give you – nope, it's not there. There's some pretty epic art right now that is um, the same setting, the same engagement for a certain character that's much beyond Major Owens. yes that's also in there I, for whatever reason, I didn't grab it from the galaxy's edge file, but that art is amazing as well. You can find that in the galaxy's edge fan club. I will share that art again when I share this to there as well, to spread the love, but that art, it was your book that made me realize he was Scottish. Cause when they did the accent.
2: Yep. Yep. So I, I actually, the,
1: the main series. And so,
2: yeah, I actually got a say in, in the, uh, the, the narrator too. And I listened to, the narrator that we selected, and she had done a lot of accents in the past, and I picked her specifically so that she would do Major Owens's accent
1: the right way.
0: But not because of how she says
1: so, we... "correct." <laughs> uh, so she did say "corpsman" instead of "corman." But that yeah. aside, I mean, you know, seasoned narrators that don't do I mean, military stuff. Some corpsmen there, are more heard... like corpsmen, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've heard one military sci fi writer who got adjudant instead of adjudant, or instead oh. of the enemy was routed, it was a rooted, like a root <laughs> for a tree. I mean, so as much as it is to make the jokes, like I, I don't blame them for not knowing. But yeah. uh, other than that that glaring omission, I, I think she did a stand up job. Uh, I have a, a sort of a voice crush on a certain female narrator because she does such an amazing job. But if I, um, Veronica Gigare, and I'm probably butchering her last name, I'm sorry, V. But other than her, because she did a series, she was the first audiobook I listened to. But other than that, and she does amazing voices, I would say for female narrators, when the female is a main character, you got the second place forever. Like, she's, she's amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited awesome. that you're getting her again for Forget Nothing too.
2: I think we are. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we're going to hope. Well,
2: they are. Fingers crossed.
0: This is what carries lots of weight.
2: It's true. I haven't heard yeah, yet. I I'm just
1: I, told this. i was gonna say i'm just told when to be there and to smile like that's about the extent of it don't
0: be there go type on your computer
1: all right (laughs) i mean we've done zoom chats and stuff too and then and then of course you get the nick cole approach of nobody cares jr nobody cares
2: (laughs) Uh, it's very nick anyway
1: yeah It is, it is, but that's what we love about him. So moving on to the book itself. We don't need to listen to my therapy hour. Thank you, Doc. Okay. So moving on to the book itself. what Can you, how familiar? Doc, you're jumping ahead. What would the 30-second elevator pitch be?
2: Okay. I'm going to share my screen here with you for a second. See if I can do this. Sure. How do I share this? Okay. Share a screen. Entire screen. Well, okay. So I'm going to put that up there so that we oh, know what words. we're talking about. So my pitch line, and this is going to be even less than 30 seconds. But if it's my pitch line for the book is if you want to fight, join the Marines. If you want to die, join the Legion. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Okay, how do we stop? Uh,
1: That's I my it. pitch. There you go. I stopped before I like it. It's succinct even to the point. Yeah. Yeah. Inspired That's by old Marine Corps amazing. advertisements. Did you come up with that in a bar? Because that would be the most perfect way to do it.
2: I know, right? I uh, is definitely inspired by the old Marine Corps advertisement for uh, recruiting women post-World War II. Love that one. That, that one is one
1: around.
0: of my favorites. So, I, will, I will say the one that probably beats it is the Norwich University poster from the late 90s which I had in my room all through high school. That was two female cadets. One of them had a very cocky smart smile on her face, which, uh, of her, and it says, what's this about a few good men at the bottom?
2: <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: Oh no. I had that thing on my wall for years. I didn't want to go to Norwich, but I
2: wanted that on my wall. That's awesome. So,
1: Norwich is a unique indiv- uh, university. It was started well, by Norwich the guy that said- was kicked out of West Point as commandant. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> out the guy that was kicked out of the, the guy that started Norwich, Alan something, Petridge, I think. Yeah. Um, he started it because he was fired from West Point. Partridge, yeah. He was fired from West Point for being too strict, so he started his own school, and that was Norwich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and so Norwich, Norwich. University anyway. uh, took an Army general to start turning it co-ed. Berkshire Hamlet was the gentleman who started the process of taking a co-ed. But no, my grandmother, they sent my grandmother Our, like five copies of the poster, so I had a bunch of them. Nice. Anyway, back so on. What the do piece. you
1: think makes that yeah, hmm. so what do you think makes uh Forget Nothing special in the crowded field of Galaxy's Edge?
2: Ooh. in the field of Galaxy's okay. Edge specifically. Hmm. So, I think
0: it's better to just say in in general, even because
2: Yeah. Okay. In general. And- Not
0: all of our listeners read Galaxy's Edge. Some of them read Four Horsemen, many of them read Honor mm-hmm. Harrington. So what is okay. it that makes her different
2: than like Honor Harrington for even? Okay. So I think in Forget Nothing and with Andine and Broxson, I think the perspective that you're getting from her is um, very unique. And it's something that, because of her background and because she's already capable and competent when she when we meet her, she's obviously, obviously she's not a Mary Sue because she's already a badass before we meet her. Um And the perspective that we get to see is one of a first person perspective. So you're not seeing everyone else's perspective. you're seeing her interpretation. Of events, and that's especially going to be very, very interesting when it when it comes to book number two, when she goes to Legion Selection, and and things like that. I think another point there too is a lot of the characters when you meet them in Forget Nothing Two, not so much Forget Nothing One, but in Forget Nothing Two, the majority of the characters are uh, are gray, so they're not good, they're not necessarily bad. Um, they have their positives and their negatives, but they all have their priorities. And some of them can be understood, even though you don't want to understand them. Um, so, yeah, I think those those two different uh, things kind of make Andine and Broxon a little bit unique. All
1: right, Diane.
0: So, what is, do you have familiar does the listener have to be at a galaxy's edge to understand anything in this world?
2: Not at all. Uh, Forget nothing was an audible original last year and it actually brought in some fans into, into galaxy's edge. So there's very little that you have to understand going into, um, into this book about the galaxy's edge universe um, but it does add some introduction into it. So you do have characters like uh, like Owens, like the Legionnaires that you may or may not meet later, or you may have already met in the Galaxy's Edge series, but you you fall in love with some of those characters, and if you've never seen this galaxy and this this world, um, you're going to see these characters again. You're going to see how they interact with the world as a whole, and especially Andine this being a... A uh, kind of an origin story you're really going to be able to to see her in even book number one and book number two of galaxy's edge season one um but this is the origin story so this can absolutely pull people into the into the universe without having knowing anything about the universe at all so so it sounds like it's a great
0: entry point and i love that um, but which tropes do you think Forget Nothing hits best?
2: Oh man. Um as a whole, because initially Forget Nothing was going to be one book. Um, but now that it's broken up into, into three books, as a whole I was going for the Starship Troopers uh kind of boot camp type trope. Um there is some leadership philosophy in book number two. Um, but yeah.
0: So, um, can you tell us a bit more about the main character? I mean, you've talked about her name and you said that she was already a badass
2: and experienced before this, but can you tell us a bit more about her? Sure. So I think what we can talk a little bit about and Dean is, um, kind of her motivations and her her motivation coming into the marine the republic marines and her opportunity to um to try out for the legion is she she wants to be a part of an elite unit and that the republic marines was was her option going into uh, the republic military um so that's something important to to see and to look at as we see her progression within the Galaxy's Edge universe, even beyond um, the Forget Nothing books, um, so she wants to be elite. She wants to continue to push herself, but she also wants to continue to to give back and try to try to do good. Um, so, kind of knowing her her motivations for why she's doing what she's doing, I think um, I think you can see it in the in the books as as it goes on. But knowing it up front can can help kind of understand her character moving forward, too.
0: Okay. That's awesome. I'm super psyched about this book. It's a great book. Um, Can you um, tell us a bit more about any secondary characters that might be in it?
2: You've hinted. So... Absolutely. So I think everyone's, one of everyone's favorite characters, uh, secondary characters, um, that's especially that's new in these books is Gunny O'Neill. And um, this kind of goes back a little bit to, you know, some of the inspiration drawn from from the military. Um, but Gunny O'Neill is one of those, those characters that is very heavily based off of a collection of different uh, NCOs and senior NCOs that We've all met in the, uh, in the military. Um, so, so yeah, I think meeting Gunny O'Neill, he's a very recognizable character. He's a mentor, uh, to, uh, and Dean who's an officer at the time, but he's still a mentor for her and he's very experienced, but he has a lot of life lessons, but he also isn't taking any shit. So he's an awesome character.
1: If you've seen the uh, the movie We Were Soldiers, the uh, the sergeant major in that scene who says who, what kind of who says it's a good goddamn morning that character. Yes. Uh, if you haven't read this book, that's kind of the vibe she she pulled off with with the gunny, um, and he's one of the many side characters in this universe who we were left wanting more of. So. Yeah. I don't I don't normally chime in like that because I haven't clearly read everything of every guest we've ever interviewed, but I've read this one.
2: You will see him again in Forget Nothing too. Um, So there's a scene with him in it, and I think everyone will enjoy it.
1: You don't kill him, do you? Because I might might not be able to forgive you.
2: I can't. I can neither confirm nor deny anything.
1: Alright, so does your story, uh, we're speaking specifically of the first book, because that's what we're interviewing today, does your, your novel have any bad guys that the character has to confront that you can answer without giving any spoilers?
2: Uh, in, in book number one, not really, um, you have the, the MCR that, uh, invades, that invades the, uh, the base, spoiler alert, I guess I shouldn't have said that, um, but uh, you have the MCR who is active on uh, on the planet and uh, causing a ruckus. So that's probably about as close as you're going to get as as a to a bad guy in in number one. Um, but there's there's some good good negative characters uh, shading into the black in number two, in book number two for sure.
1: And there are some Easter eggs to other books in the series, including one in the Order of the Centaurian series that you mentioned, that we will leave undesignated so they can read it and find it themselves. Mm. Um, speaking of characters, we like to ask all of the, our authors this one. So as authors, we do horrible and nasty things to the people we write about. So if Andine met you in a back alley uh, and she knew who you were and the hell you put her through, Michelle, how do you see that interaction playing out? Could you take her?
2: No, oh, she kicked my ass. Without a doubt.
1: but do
0: you think she'd go for the throat or just to make you suffer?
2: Mm. It depends. It depends on uh, which part of the
1: storyline we're in. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on what else happened at that point. Okay. I can can appreciate that. So, you know, speaking of characters and and how we write them, some people use the uh, traditional sort of archetypes for characters when they write others just sort of write it, instinctively do you, when you write you mentioned in the pre-show that you do you know have some favorite archetypes. So can you tell mm-hmm. us what your favorite character archetype is when you write?
2: My one of my favorite most enjoyable character archetypes is the jester joker uh character. Uh, much like Masters if if anyone's familiar with the original Galaxy's Edge series. Um I don't have that character in forget not in the first forget nothing, but I do have Masters's little brother, not his actual little brother, but a little brother of Masters, uh, in book number two, and he's he's fun. He shows up to Legion selection in t- skin tight workout pants and a purple mohawk, so we're all gonna get get some fun scenes with him.
1: outstanding all right so um finally what can you tell us about the universe for people that aren't intimately familiar with what can you tell us about the world where the story takes place
2: so galaxy's edge is do you want like a brief like overview of like what galaxy's edge universe is yeah that that might work okay um so Galaxy's Edge is a fascinating uh world, sci-fi world that oh man, I haven't prepared for this this question. But it is a <laughs> it's a fascinating uh sci-fi world that uh, a lot of people akin to uh to a certain um series that has uh blasters and uh Space wizards also. Um, however, I love this series, and I love the Galaxy's Edge series, and the and the universe within Galaxy's Edge because it really focuses a little bit on the uh, kind of the the political environment that's happening, but it also really zooms in and focuses on the individual uh, soldiers who are the legionnaires, the most elite soldiers in the galaxy. Kind of tells their story of the universe through their eyes initially. And then in, from there it expands dramatically and we get the, we get the military sci-fi, we get the, the space opera, we get the, the space, uh, uh, espionage, uh, type, uh, story. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's a fun universe and I, and I love it. It's really, uh, it's really fun to read. It's really fun to write in too.
1: So, for those that were from the OG Galaxy's Edge crowd that remember back in the day when uh, Nick would do noir interviews under a streetlight uh, at like 10 o'clock at night talking about it, was he was writing it? Uh, the original tagline for, for Galaxy's Edge was Star Wars, not Star Wars, or Star Wars if the stormtrooper, uh, Star Wars, was it stormtroopers in Afghanistan if the stormtroopers could shoot? Um, mm. That was the original vibe that it went for. But it's become so much of its own thing. I don't know that that does it justice anymore yeah so and uh and they just sort of expanded the lore from there but uh that is it in a nutshell so we we won't put you on the spot anymore to talk about that but forget nothing is clearly part of a series we know that because you said they're currently uh one book out published one coming out as soon as it goes through the wickets over on audible Um, but is their story done after that what more can we expect from these characters
2: so forget nothing um once again was came out uh, last year as an audible original uh forget nothing two is gonna be coming up uh early 2022 in both audible and uh, ebook format um so we're going definitely gonna see and Dean again we're gonna see at least one or two characters in forget nothing one in the follow-up books um but there will be uh forget nothing three so we have, we have a, a trio, uh, three book series planned to, to finish out and origin story. And honestly, and I did not expect her to return for season two of galaxy's edge. Um, but she's back and, uh, she has, she has some, uh, some major storylines within season two, which I was surprised about. And, um, yeah so if you want more andy and Broxton, she's in in the very first books of galaxy's edge and legionnaire and uh her story continues and it's it's more complex than than i planned i mean jason and nick are phenomenal so these these characters are are out there for with more stories it's phenomenal
1: oh outstanding all right doc you're next doc you're muted.
0: <laughs> thank you muted thank you sorry great uh,
1: production quality right here total professional
0: jr you will never reproduce again <laughs> so of all the uh, tech in science in the galaxy's edge universe particularly in your books which tech would you want to have like you could pick something
2: and bring it here today. What would you get? Yeah. I'm simple. I came from the Marine Corps. I love I love guns and knives. I just want a blaster. That's all I want. Nothing else. That's it. I'm very oh, I simple. thought you were going to ask for space crowns. Oh!
1: That's a tough one, she actually. Said, I just want a blaster. All I'm thinking about is, Y'all shoot your eye out. Y'all shoot your eye out. <laughs>
0: No, JR, that's your job. Hey, it's the right
2: season. That's right. So, of all, how would you abuse that in a daily life? Oh my gosh, I would take it to the shooting range and I would just destroy their backstop with it. It would, it would be a lot of fun. They'd kick me out, but I, <laughs> I would have a blast. So, <laughs> you know... And then I take my blaster with me, and then I get hunt- hunted down by the government, and that that would probably be the end of that. Well, you know, that happens. You know, it's fine. Just
0: finish your stories before the deadline, or you'll, you'll get uh, disappointing dad face emojis in jail. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> so, um, did you get to make any aliens
2: for this? Ooh, I didn't get to make anything crazy for the first, uh, the first book, but for the second book, I did get to do some, uh, some Savage Marine creation. Um, so, yeah. what? Um, how did you go about
0: doing it? Did you pull out your old drawings from like Crayola Academy, or were they like purpose and need driven? What?
2: Yeah, so uh, the Savage Marines in the Galaxy's Edge universe are like post post humans, so they're heavily modified humans with with tech and and biotech and things like that. My version of the Savage Marines that appear in Forget Nothing in the Forget Nothing series is inspired by, of all things, Toy Story. And if you remember Sid, the the creepy kid with his spider head doll. Like he has a spider claws with the doll head. It's inspired. It's not exactly, but it's inspired by that. And it's creepy. It's real creepy. It's nightmare level creepy. So you have that to look forward to.
0: Yay.
2: (laughs) JR.
1: I know. I was just thinking about the creepy kid and, and you know, it's not me this time, so I'm good. Um,
0: (laughs) Really? Are you Did sure I it's not? Much? Huh.
1: Maybe? I don't know. This is why we don't do this this late. Doc, I reveal too much. Anyway, all right, so <laughs> clearly this interview is winding down. But before we wrap this up, was there anything about Forget Nothing that we didn't ask you that you wanted to tell us?
2: Oh, man. I think we hit it all. I think I think Forget Nothing is out and available uh, for purchase on Audible and in, on ebook. Uh, and then Forget Nothing Two is coming out on Audible uh, early next year, and ebook will be shortly after that. Um, and then book number three will be out eventually, also. So I think beyond that, I think I think we're good.
1: So I don't normally uh, get paperback copies because my library is only so big. But I will say when this comes out for the final condensed all three versions, I'm yes. going to need a signed copy. So Done. I'm just going to have to do that. I don't, uh, I don't care if I have to drive up to Northern Virginia to do it. We will, we will be getting a on copy. Oh, you
2: are pretty All close. Right. So, you are pretty close. We can make this happen.
1: Outstanding. Outstanding. So uh, this is the part of the intro, uh, the introduction. <laughs> this is the part of the, the interview. Dear listener, where I remind you that uh, your thoughts matter. So re- remember to review the book, so please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right reader find the right books. So uh, everywhere the books are sold, you can leave your thoughts. Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, all the places, Amazon. We all know how much Doc loves Bezos, so she wants you to review it on on Amazon. Um, she totally is most thing, right thing I do that Bezos
0: owns in my book is Audible.
1: This is true. Uh, and so over on Goodreads, if you don't have any of those, start a website so you can review it there. If you don't have those, build a website. Just share your thoughts. They help the right reader find the right books uh, and tell us all how awesome this is. Um, even the negative reviews can help readers find it because sometimes what you love about a book or hate about a book, other people have the polar opposite reaction. And if you don't believe me, read the one in five stars and you'll see some of them complaining or commenting on the same exact thing. So, so do your thing, people, and, and share and rate and review. They really do help. Um, so this is where I ask you, Miss Michelle C. Myers, how listeners can find you if they wanted to stalk you on the interwebs.
2: Yes. If they want to stalk me and tell me how terrible and how much they hate, uh, forget nothing. Uh, you can find my author page on Facebook at Michelle C. Myers. Um, if you, I do have an Instagram ghost account also that you can follow. It's called the ghost of leaders past. It has nothing to do with forget nothing. Um, but it is my thoughts, uh, and opining on, uh, situations and leadership and, uh, it's fun. So it's basically the extension of, uh, my diary, um, and my leadership diary. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but outside of that Facebook and Instagram, that is the best way to, uh, to find me
1: on online. Outstanding and all of that, as usual, dear listener, will be in the show notes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com, backslash sf underscore fantasy underscore show, Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email the show at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. Again, blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. You can find us where all the shenanigans happen over on the face space at facebook.com backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast again facebook.com backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast our website is anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades again anchor.fm backslash blasters tech and tech blades uh that is also where you could support the show for a reoccurring patreon style model if you're familiar with that where you can donate uh as little as 99 cents a month or as much as sky's the limit um it helps keep the lights on because producing the show isn't free uh we appreciated all of you that supported us for season one and hopefully we can duplicate that for season two you can also support the show over at buymeacoffee.com backslash author jr hanley again buymeacoffee.com backslash author jr hanley be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast and i promise i will keep my co hosts doc saska and nick garber duly intoxicated they will drink until their liver surrenders
0: never surrender
1: all right, bring us home, Doc.
0: Okay. I was waiting to see if you were done talk- yammering. So thank you for sending some of your precious time with us for the absentee Nick Garber, J.R. Hanley. I'm Suska. This was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, enjoying our love of torturing Jr. nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all <laughs> things that go boom. And, of course, the great and mighty pineapple on pizza.
1: I'm going to have to hunt long yes. and far until I can find more guests that appreciate the true and proper way to eat a pizza. And pizza is, is
0: amazing uh, with pineapple on it, particularly salty, yummy bacon